The Victory Formation Podcast is brought to you by Pilgrim Roasters. Pilgrim Roasters is a roastery and coffee shop located at 4120 Main Street in Maniunk, Philadelphia. Pilgrim Roasters specializes in unique coffees from all over the world, brought specially to you in-store and online at www.pilgrimroasters.com. Take 10% off your first order with Pilgrim Roasters when typing in promo code GOODSOUP10 at checkout and figure out what all the buzz is about. You know something? No soup for you! Come back one year! Yeah, we both have so much in common. We both love soup. Soup's not a meal! You're supposed to buy me a meal! I'm not stopping you from eating. Go ahead and eat. Get anything you want. That's a lot of soup! That's a lot of soup. And look... Delicious. What's up, everybody? It is Friday, April 8th. Finney, how you doing? Doing good, brother. We're watching the Masters today. I'm, I'm, I was itching the book of tea time for this weekend. Oh, went out to the courts yesterday. You know, it's, it's, it's finally like the other day was like the first really nice 80 degree day down here. So I'm ready for a good summer, good spring to start it off, getting active. Like let's get out there. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Um, it was rainy and cold in Philly today. When I say rainy, I mean flood rainy, but we got a sunny, somewhat warm day for opening day tomorrow. Um, Philly's home opener season opener. Against the A's, very excited. Opening day going on right now. Braves are playing the Reds. Reds are up one nothing. Go Reds. But that's not where we're going to start. We're going to start in the NBA today. It's the last weekend of the regular season. The East is still to be decided. The two through four seeds are separated by just a half game. The Bucs are playing the Celtics right now in both teams' biggest game of the year. The Bucs are up 71-66 in the third quarter. And the Sixers are playing the Raptors right now at halftime. The Sixers lead 60 to 56 started out really hot, got out to a big lead and then collapsed. Live bet Raptors. I mean, maybe Uh, the Sixers are really getting me down the last couple of weeks. I mean, they lost to the Pistons. They barely beat the magic. James Harden looks bad. It's not great. I'm not giving up. I want to see what the playoffs hold and if this team can pull it together. But uh, their main issue right now is rebounding. They are the 30th ranked team in the league in offensive rebounds, and they're 29th in the league in total rebounds. How? I, like, great question, Finn. <laughs> like, like, does Joel not get that many rebounds? Like, do, is it no one else besides Joel? That's like, what it is. It's yeah. James Harden doesn't try on the boards anymore. And their backup center is DeAndre Jordan, who is every time I watch him play, I want to shoot myself in the face. Oh, my God. He is no. a disgrace <laughs> to the game of basketball. He's is literally relax. He's a disgrace. He's a disgrace to the game of basketball. And he shouldn't be allowed to play basketball in America. They should send him to China and he should have to live there and play better yet. Send him to Russia. And he has to play basketball dude, in Russia. You got to chill out. Dude. Bleep that out. <laughs> he, uh, He's the worst. He's the worst. And I mean, they're fourth right now. That's right where you wanted to be, right? Not anymore because now the Raptors are five. And Matisse Thibel not playing tonight in Toronto tells me that he's not vaccinated, which, again, I'm not passing a judgment on that. I'm just saying 
if we're going to play Toronto, we're not going to have him for all the games in Toronto, which really sucks. At this point, you want to be the three seed so you can play the Bulls. And they could be the three seed because if Boston loses tonight and the Sixers win, then I believe the Bucks are the two, the Sixers are the three, and the Celtics are the four. But there's still a lot to get ironed out here. I mean, the Sixers have the easiest games remaining this weekend. They only have yeah. two more games. They play the Pacers and the Pistons on Saturday and Sunday, both at home. It's a back-to-back, but that's pretty easy. I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm kind of lost on this team right now. Um, I don't know. I heard you liked four the whole time, so I wasn't worried. I mean, they're 49 and 30. Maybe I guess they can win tonight. Uh, four-point game in Boston, so. Uh, I mean, I, I still I like four. It's just playing Toronto is a monkey wrench with the vaccinated, Dude. unvaccinated stuff. Listen, bro, it, if you're a championship team, you're going to beat the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, so. that's true. So if, if you lose to the Raptors in the first round, you weren't going to win the championship anyways. So yeah, that's fair. If you believe in your squad, then you shouldn't be worried about it. Oh, I don't believe in the squad at all. I think that's oh. the problem. <laughs> like I, I did at one point, Yo, but remember, and I'm I said to hype you up, dude. And you're just, nah. I know, I know I'm down, dude. I, I said this like what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago that like James Harden's going to come out and look great. And then teams are going to adjust and we're going to see how it goes. Well, teams adjusted and it did not go well. Um, it, it, the whole, like, maybe he'll get better in the playoffs. I mean, his career record shows that that's not going to happen. I have an open mind. I'm going to watch. I'm going to root really hard and I'm going to hope that they make a run. You could have said the same thing about the Hawks last year as the Sixers this year. The Hawks got all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, like, who knows? Anything is possible. The, the Sixers are playing the Raptors tonight. I know if they they win, what are you going to be worried about? Like if they win, the bulls might win their next game. Like you're good, you know? Yeah, I know. But it's the, the fact that we won't have Deandre Jordan or Matisse Thibel because they're both unvaccinated players. I presume is why they're not playing in Toronto. Shit, dude. I don't know, but Buck Celtics is a four point game. Yeah, actually, it's it's a one point game now, so that's heated. Yeah, Celtics I mean, are the two. Listen, this is I went on a rant about the Sixers. This is an NBA segment. This is all we can hope for from the Eastern Conference. Like, I, I think the Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be mayhem. We could see like a Brooklyn to a Brooklyn um Atlanta matchup in the second playing game or the first playing game at this point. There's a lot to be decided. I mean, does Brooklyn lose the play-in game and miss out on the playoffs completely, or do they make it and beat the Heat in the first round? Like, all of those scenarios seem plausible to me. We had the Lakers miss the playoffs, which we hit on a little bit. We're going to hit on more with uh, James Esposito on Monday when he joins the pod. But can anyone in the West beat the Suns, Finn? (sighs) Healthy Steph Warriors probably can. Um like, I, I want to like the Grizzlies, but I, I had the over on the Mavericks win total that hit, but ah, uh, dude, I don't know. I, 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 I like the Suns, man. Yeah. I like them. I, it feels like we're headed to Bucks Suns second straight year to me at this moment. If I had to guess, oh, 
Isn't that what I said like two pods ago? I was like, what are the odds? Yeah, you did. That it's a rematch. No, on the if you're Vegas right now and you set those odds, it's got to be like plus one ten. Like it's got to be the best odds. I people are overlooking the Bucks because they're I think what did I say the three seed right now? But yep. that's a damn good team with title experience. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like last year, the Bucks had the best record, right? Yes. Now the Bucks are like mid level. I think the Suns were still the number one team in the West last year. They were. In. They were the one seed. Yeah. So it, it's just like a little bit different from like how the season played out for each team. Like the Suns, 63 and 17, absolutely historic. I think I said that a few pods ago too. Like they're having the crazy year like the Bucks had last year. So are the tables are, are, are the tables going to turn or do the are the Bucks still going to give it to I like the Suns just have a lot of dudes. They have a lot of dudes, yeah. and I, I really like what I'm seeing out of Devin Booker this season. So I don't know if anyone can beat them. I don't think anyone in the West can. I think Memphis can give them a series. I don't think Golden State has any chance. I've watched them play, even with Steph. I don't. Steph wasn't even that good this year. Like I, uh, I, I mean, I mean he, went, he went through a cold stretch, but like I don't know if the best three point shooters in the league. Like I don't know. I love Steph. He's like one of my favorite players. I think he's one of the all-time greats, but this is what the second worst season of his career besides his rookie year. Like he's, he's not having a good year when he played and they don't have a big man. Like Wiseman's out the rest of the year. Now is, is Kevon Looney holding it down for you inside. Draymond hasn't looked great without Steph. I'm sure. Like you said, healthy Steph comes back. Sure. Maybe they do have a chance, but like how healthy will Steph even be when he comes back? I, I don't know, man. They're going to have a tough first round matchup. They might get passed by the Mavericks. Like they might end up as the four seeds. So at this point, I, I really don't know. Yeah. I mean, I obviously like Luca too, but um, yeah, I, th- I think we'll just have to see. Yeah. I mean, Luca's going nuclear the last two weeks. So like if he does that, in the playoffs, you might have to look out for the Mavs. The last NBA thing I, I do want to hit on is Embiid is in the lead right now for the scoring title which would be pretty historic. He'd be the first center since Shaq to win the scoring title in 2001. Um, that's crazy. He's on a different level. He's carrying this team again, but he's healthy headed into the playoffs, which means that, hey, anything's possible for the Sixers, no matter how down I am. But, you know, just wanted to give him credit. We'll get into who we think the MVP is on Monday. I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, and Beat is definitely in that discussion this year. Uh, which is cool to see. Yeah, who who is he leading? LeBron and Giannis. Yeah, LeBron and Giannis. Yeah, I mean he's at Embiid's at thirty point four two, Bron's at thirty point two seven, but Bron is done for the year. So, yeah, I mean I guess he's probably going to win it, right? Uh Giannis could catch him. He's only point five back, but. I don't yeah. know. It, it looks to me like, yeah, he'll probably win it. Or if Embiid has a couple bad games since LeBron isn't playing again, he's locked in at 30.3. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> what if that was such an IQ move by LeBron? Like, we you know, don't Embiid... want, as a podcast, I'm going to speak for you. We don't want LeBron to win the scoring title. Hypothetical. Like, what if, what if LeBron was like, yo, I'm just going to shut down? So Embiid fucks up, and then I win the scoring title. That'd be like, yeah, best player of all time right there. Yeah. Um, his ankle was basically broken, Finney. So, like, give him some respect, bro. He's definitely shutting down because he's hurt and not because he wants to give up on his team. Oh, I don't know. 
I don't know about that, but oh, I, I'm pretty confident about that. He was just oh, his ankle actually fucked up. No, I'm joking. His ankle is fine. <laughs> he just said that he's like, well, it's like basically uh, broken. Like I'm a I'm a I'm a wounded man. Yeah, I mean LeBron basically said he fought on the Eastern Front in World War II with that ankle. Uh, he, Bro, he will make literally any excuse that he can whenever he can make it. Did you just realize how gullible I am, bro? I was like, yo, yeah. wait, really? He broke his ankle? <laughs> it's like, remember a couple years ago in the playoffs where, like, against the Warriors in the finals, he came back and he's like, yeah, my hand was, like, basically broken the whole finals. And then it was just, like, not. Like, no one followed up on that because the LeBron um, media mob was like, no, no, you can't disgrace LeBron. And it's like, yes, LeBron is one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player of all time. He is also a very unlikable dude. You're being so bl- I'm pretty sure he punched a fire hydrant or like the glass over that and he like hurt his hand or something. But I think you're thinking of Amari Stoudemire. I think LeBron punched a whiteboard in the locker room, which isn't all that different, but yeah, whatever. All right. Broken N- NBA is about to end this weekend. We'll know on Monday who's who's where and who's playing who. Yeah. Yes, we will. Um, what do you got for us today on the pod fin for your segment? Oh, dude. The Masters started today. Yeah, I dedicated Georgia, most of my afternoon to the Masters. Georgia, the whole day through. Relax. But I, I'll be honest, I just watched the featured groups. So that was, let me look at my notes here. Tiger, uh, Neiman, Louis Oosthuizen, Scotty Scheffler, Tony Finau, and uh, Adam Scott. So I basically just watched those six guys, but it was pretty good golf. I, I got to say like that, that it was, it was enjoyable, especially watching Tiger, the amount of fans that are around him versus around anyone else. Dude. I mean, he's did, Tiger. You watch? did you watch? Yeah, I watched. I watched uh, all of Tiger. They, they're doing this stupid thing. And I texted you about it. The coverage starts at three. But then before the coverage, it's just Sports Center live from the Masters and they're tracking everything. Why not just start the coverage when the golf starts? Oh, I think they want to push you to uh, ESPN Plus. Yeah, that's stupid. Just put it oh, on the fucking TV. It's a business model, dude. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, besides that, yes, I did watch. I watched all the Tigers round and the guys playing around him. Um, I saw a lot of Cameron Smith. I saw... A little bit of um, M. Yeah. When when he was playing, he birdied like for four of the first six. He caught fire. So I, I saw some of those. I, I watched the later afternoon stuff, too. Like I saw DJ and his round and a couple of the guys playing yeah. later on as well. Yeah. Uh, the leader, Sung J.M., birdied one, two, three, seven. So he's four under out of the out of the front nine. Then he bogeyed 10 and 11, then got an ace on 13. I, I watched every shot on 13. When he hit that putt, he was like, holy shit, I'm like second at the Masters right now. This guy, M, 2019 PGA Tour Rookie of the Year, turned pro in 2015 from South Korea. Like When I watched his swing, it was – I want to say robotic, but then I just want to think it was just so fundamentally sound. Like it, it was just good fundamentals when it comes to swinging the golf club. Yeah, no, he has a great, beautiful swing. 
Yeah. Um, th- then he uh, ended up birdieing 15, came in at five under, looked really great. Um, at second, Cameron Smith, he, he had a he had eight birdies. Did you see eight birdies today? Yeah, dude? he doubled the first hole and he doubled the last hole of his round, yeah. which is he, wild. Going into 18, he was six under. He would have been in first and then he double bogey at 18. Like, does that carry over? Like, would I that worry you? Uh, we'll get into it in Finney's betting corner. I got a little future on Cameron Smith to win, but it it worries me in that his his inability to make par today like it just felt like he was allergic to making par, which is like, you know, Saturday, Sunday, you're going to need to do that. But I don't know. He was striking the ball so well. Not really. I, the last hole, he had a bad tee shot. That's really what yeah. it came down to. Um, he, he missed a putt. He blew it by the hole. But the wind kind of blew it down the second half of that putt. It was an uphill, downhill type thing. I, I'm not too worried. It's not the best look when you double the last hole. Yeah, I mean – since so like um the article i'm looking at jordan spieth 2015 i think was he the last guy to lead wire to wire yes and, he was in the master so like we're talking it's been seven years since a guy in first from the first round won it you know i mean saturday's moving day for a reason um yeah we'll and- definitely see some big jumps going back to tiger like Tiger to me, I was rooting for him because I have like the only future I have in the Masters is on him. It didn't look like championship golf. Like I, I wanted him to be like a little bit better. Maybe it was just because first competitive round in how many months? Like over a year and a half. I don't yeah. know. Maybe he's just getting his feet wet. Like if I'm Tiger, doing? and yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying. If I'm Tiger, I just want to be within four shots headed into Saturday and Sunday. Cause like, he's got to have this mental thing. Like, okay, I can't waste all the gas in my tank. Like you can see that legs, not the same. I, he can't bend down to read putts the same way. His drives are not nearly as far as they used to be. Neither of those are criticisms. I'm just stating a fact. Oh yeah. It's a fact. His yeah. iron play and putting was great though. I mean, he missed a couple putts, but for the most part, everything out inside of like eight or nine feet, he was making it. I mean, that last par putt on the final hole, that save from where he was. Yeah. That was impressive. So yeah. I don't think he's going to win, but he's playing better than I thought. I, he only had three birdies today. I think he could have had a few more, but the distance on his drive, like he, he used to be the guy that was all the way out there. And now I think because of his injury and just being older. I mean, he's playing on one leg, dude. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear when you. he swings. He's playing on one leg. But the distance on his drive is hurting him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And that's going to get harder as the week goes on. You said Saturday's moving day. It's going to be in the 50s, windy and wet on Saturday. So like I, that's going to be a tough scoring day for people. It might play in Tiger's favor, though, because if drive distance is cut and a lot of people have to hit three woods because of the wind, Tiger's iron play and putting play could come and, and come up huge for him. Whereas like a guy like Rory McIlroy, who can't putt at all, that that's going to be his downfall. Yeah. yeah. And experience, you know, in bad conditions, you got to know the course. Yes. And uh, probably no one playing this week knows the course better no. than Tiger. Cause when he won his first green jacket, it was 25 years ago. I know 1997 won by 12 strokes. And I mean, he's the legend playing this week, Saudi Arabia, Phil, or I'm sorry, Phil from Saudi Arabia. He's out because of what he said. And, uh, 
all all the older guys, I think Fred Couples is still playing, but like all the other guys are are gone and done by this point. So he's he's the ambassador this week. He knows the course. Yeah, it's Tiger Woods, man. It's it, it's awesome. So that's what I wanted to talk about. I watched it like I watched all of Tiger's game. So probably gonna do it again tomorrow. Today on Friday. So yeah, man, you have to. I'm gonna it's be do a good weekend. Same. Yep. Nothing you like a master Sunday. Hell yeah. What's on your plate? Well, I just wanted to do a little wrap up of the NCAA tournament. We had talked about how much depth mattered the whole tournament, but from the elite eight on depth didn't matter at all. And I, I wanted to split this into two categories. The first couple rounds through the sweet 16 and the elite eight on, I'd say in the first two rounds, depth, Depth matters a lot. You got a lot of teams that can throw a lot of guys at you. It's early in the tournament. You want to save your guys' legs for the end, yada, yada, yada. But as the tournament moved on in the Elite Eight, Houston had seven bench points against Nova. They only played two guys off their bench. Nova had 12 bench points against Houston. They also only played two guys, and all 12 of those bench points were Caleb Daniels. Duke, Arkansas. Arkansas had 11 bench points against Duke played three guys. Duke had nine bench points, all from Keels, and they only played two guys off their bench. In the Miami-Kansas game, Miami had five bench points. Kansas had 18 bench points in that game. Now, Miami only played two guys. Kansas played a bunch of guys, but 16 of those bench points came from Remy Martin. UNC-St. Peter's. UNC had two bench points in their win versus St. Peter's. They played four guys, but only Puff Johnson got more than one minute. They put a bunch of guys in at the end of the game. St. Peter's did play a deep bench and had a lot of points, but they got blown out. They were also St. Peter's, so I don't know how much we can put stock into that. Into the final four. Nova had three bench points versus Kansas, and Kansas had five bench points versus Nova. Besides the late game subs, Nova only played one player off their bench and Kansas only played two. Duke UNC. UNC had two bench points, both Puff Johnson's in their win over Duke. Only Puff Johnson played more than two minutes in this game. Duke had 25 bench points for UNC, but they only played two guys off the bench. Now, they still had 25 bench points, which proved that depth mattered in that game, but they still lost. Then in the championship game, Kansas versus North Carolina, only Puff Johnson played off the bench for North Carolina. He did have 11 points and was a difference maker. For Kansas, Remy Martin had 14 off the bench and the rest of their bench combined for two points. It was three different guys. Lightfoot got a decent bit of run. He just got into foul trouble. So after hearing all of that, I pose to you, Finn, does depth really matter late in the NCAA tournament? (sighs) Um, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Cause that's literally my brand. So I, I mean, how do I say it does when all of these teams only played like seven guys? Now I remember from high school basketball, that's what the rotation got down to by the time it was time for playoffs. It got down to a seven man rotation. You want to play your best guys at all these schools. They're recruiting four- and five-star recruits all the time. So that's who's playing on the court. (sighs) What do you think? So I think it does matter in the conference tournament and early in the NCAA tournament because you don't want to wear your guys out. 
But I think once you get to the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, it really doesn't matter because your five guys have to beat that other team's five guys. And not that early in the tournament, yes, every game might be your last game, but you are thinking ahead. Once you get to the Elite Eight, it's do or die every game. It's like there's nothing to look ahead to, even if we do make the Final Four, great, but we got to win this game to get to the Final Four. And you saw all these teams shorten their bench, play guys less. Bench guys didn't even perform super well in these games. So I I say when you're looking at filling your bracket out, you want to pick deeper teams in the first two rounds, maybe, but evaluate the best starting lineup versus the best starting lineup. And like a team like Nova, who made the final four, even if they're not deep, which I said in the intro in our preview podcast for the tournament, I didn't like them because they weren't deep. Well, that probably doesn't matter in the tournament. So I would say, like, I still like Nova, even though their their depth was really limited. But I also don't think it's like a one-size-fits-all. Like, Kansas is still Kansas. UNC was – I don't know. UNC was an eight seed that just had uh, that team of destiny feel. But Houston was good. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, like you said, your best five has to beat your best five. So ride with it. Yeah, I just it was an interesting study because I I did think the depth mattered this whole tournament. But when I did look back, um, it really didn't matter in the Elite Eight. So I think we're going from college basketball to college basketball. You have a hypothetical for me. I do. So off of depth. A hypothetical that I heard was, would you rather have a bunch of five star recruits that are only going to be there for a year? Or maybe like a few threes and like one four-star guy that'll stay around for two to three, maybe four years to develop and build a culture and, you know, maybe build a program where other players can stay, stay longer and build that cohesiveness, that type of chemistry that you don't really get from guys that are only going to be there for a year. Are they really bought in? so forth so it, it, what do you think it, it kind of depends what kind of coach you are because you know watch duke this year right coach k really let his guys play iso ball and go get a bucket they didn't play in a super cohesive system but take purdue for example with matt painter they play a very specific brand of basketball they play in a system and there are five-star guys there they're going to leave after a year or two but a lot of those five-star guys will be convinced to stay. Look at North Carolina this year. They didn't really play a system at all. We talked about it, but Caleb Love was a five-star recruit, one of the best in the country. He's a sophomore. He might not come out. I, I would assume he does, but he might not come out. Or even like a team like Villanova. Villanova gets five-star guys, but Jay Wright gets them to stay there. There are a lot of three-star guys at Villanova. There's a lot of four-star guys, but he does get a few five-stars and they do stay. It depends on what kind of coach you are because – Look at Bill Self this year. Kansas is used to having five-star one-and-done guys, and they couldn't win a championship. But this year, they had a lot of three-star guys who stayed there and played as a unit and played in a system that worked for them, and they won a championship. So, again, it depends on what kind of system you want to run. Usually, talent wins out. Like, if you have five five-star dudes on the court like Duke did this year, usually you're going to win. But we've seen Kentucky go on a drought the last 10 years because they just can't get it done in the big moments. So I don't know. I guess I'd lean three-star development guys if you're trying to win in college. But if you're trying to get talent to your school, then you want to go five-star guys. 
Okay. All right. I kind of like the the three stars. I, I'm I'm more of that develop and grind it out, you know, win those games because you you have more heart. That's why I lean three stars. I mean, don't get me wrong. Zion going to Duke, RJ Barrett, the top two recruits in the country. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty sweet, but I'm a little more gritty. I'd I'd go the three stars. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you there. I mean, there is merit to having a team that's developed and played together and has chemistry and plays in a system. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah, man. But uh, what do we got for Finney's betting corner this weekend? I'm thinking it might be Masters heavy. That's everything I got. So um, on my side, I I got Tiger at a pretty decent price. I think it was after he said he was going to play. Um, got him at plus 3,500. I'm still riding a few NBA futures too. Uh, we already covered basketball, but Cavs to make the playoffs was at plus 1200. I will, I'll definitely be stressing about that one next week. They're probably gonna have to play maybe Brooklyn and then the winner of Hawks versus Hornet. So that'll be a good sweat out. I, I love a win one of two for plus 1200 crazy odds. Love it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I got all Masters futures right now. I got Tiger at plus 3,300. I somehow got worse odds than you and put it in before you, before he confirmed he was playing. A little salty, but that's all right. Different Uh, books, different books. Yeah, different books. But yeah, Tiger to win, plus 3,300. Justin Thomas to win, plus 550. That's not going to hit. He had a bad day. Then I have Cameron Smith to win, plus 1,500. He's currently sitting in second after day one, so not bad. And then I have three bets for guys to finish in the top five. I got Brooks Kepka plus 350, Scotty Scheffler plus 250, and Victor Hovland plus 950. All of them are pretty much still in play. Oh, yeah. Scotty, I, I watched a good amount of Scotty today. Um, really nice golfer, really composed under pressure, hit tough shots. Um, Victor's one of my guys, too. He's, he's top 10 in the, in the world right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and Brooks, obvious, you know. Yeah. But I the thing Brooks. with the thing with Brooks is he could be eight shots back tomorrow and it doesn't matter. Like he, he, he's one of those guys that when he gets hot and he gets dialed in, he'll birdie six, seven straight holes. Uh, he's a monster. He's got that competitive drive in him. Scotty Scheffler looked great today. He's won three of the last five tournaments. So he's on a roll. And uh, Victor was all right. I got to look to see where he is on the leaderboard. I know he was even par most of the day. Oh, he's even par, even, even par. So yeah, Victor Avlin, even par. So he's still in play for that too. Um, I feel pretty good after day one. I mean, Justin Thomas is really the only guy who's out of this for me. Weather's going to be tough. Like from like over the weekend, like it it could really throw a wrench in things. Like, yeah, definitely feel better about Cameron Smith, to be honest, because he is like, he's minus four, but like, all the other guys are like minus one to up to him. So, yeah. And like we said, like, I don't feel terrible about tiger because all the guys above him on the leaderboard for the most part are, do not have the weekend experience at Augusta. I'm not saying I expect tiger to win, but I think it's very plausible if he goes out and even shoots like one under tomorrow that he's in play with how Saturday's conditions are going to be. Yeah. And yeah. No, I mean, I, I definitely like your picks, too. I, I, I like it. And next week, it'll just be some NBA futures. 
to win the playoffs, to win the playing games. Like that shit will be fun. Yeah, I got um, my Joel and B MVP future that that might cash, but you know, I'm not too optimistic. All right. Anymore. All right. Yeah. We'll see. But yeah, that's Finney's betting corner. We'll check back in on the Tuesday pod and let everyone know how we did when we do our master's recap. But uh, I do want to close out with this day in sports history. On April 8th, 1974, Hank Aaron hits his 715th home run off L.A. Dodger Al Downing, breaking Babe Ruth's record in Atlanta. And a fan ran around and caught him on the bases. It's an iconic clip. But uh, shout out Babe Ruth. And, uh, sorry, shout out Babe Ruth as well. But shout out Hank Aaron, the real home run king. And uh, a pretty great day in sports history. Opening day, baby. Let's get after it. Yeah, we didn't get any baseball today. Um, I'm not going to bore you guys by recapping every game every week because it's a 162-game season. But I am going to hit a Phillies-Mets game next week to be determined. It's three-game series Monday through Wednesday. So I'll let you know what I think about the early season fills. I got a Castellanos jersey on the way because if they're going to sign a Paisan, I got to get a jersey. That's just the way this works. Um, and that's a deep drive to left by Castellanos. Damn, dude, let's get after him. I'm, I'm about to cut my hair right now. Hell yeah. I, Personal. that sounds like a stable move. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly it, bro. Quarter life crisis. I'm, I'm excited for it. Let's get through it. Just, just build, you know, hey man, you can do this. I believe in you. You, you really think cutting your own hair is, is not stable no no i was making a joke it's fine uh, people dude, i'm so guy yeah i don't uh, it's called a joke finn my vibes are off it's okay it's okay nah, you know what it's all right man um i'm sure myself and the, and the fans are here for you if you need anything <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> uh also we didn't do it today but we're gonna do the angry email segment we're bringing it back uh for the monday pod so if anyone has an email that they want to send in to us, it's uh, goodsoup.film.blog at gmail.com. Make sure you email us in, be mean to us, be mean to the show, or be nice to us, or give us a suggestion. Whatever you want to do is completely fine. But uh, we'll be back on Monday with James Esposito, break down the NBA playoffs and awards recap the masters and uh, get into our usual shenanigans. Have a safe and great weekend. Roast me.